Thursday the 18th of November and it's your Lancashire. Gary Scott with you through until 10 o'clock and tonight we repeat what what was a fantastic night uh, for us a couple of years ago when we met some members of the recovery community, specifically Alcoholics Anonymous and we had a, an inspirational night, a night where people in recovery told us the stories, told us how they found recovery and what recovery is doing for them. And to mark Alcohol Awareness Month, which November is marked as Alcohol Awareness Month by Alcoholics Anonymous, we're doing it again. We've got six brand new people to bring to your attention, and that's thanks to Daniel. Daniel's a, a member of AA who worked with us in the first place to create it. And it's a funny story, Daniel, how we met, um, because I were doing the dry October and you walked into the station, this is before the pandemic, obviously, wanting, wondering if you, you could, we had a staff notice board to put a, an advert up on and, and a flyer. And we got chatting and we kind of cooked an idea up. And thanks to your hard work, you brought seven incredible people to see us that uh, that night in November. And it, I think it was, it was inspirational, wasn't it? Uh, well, the show itself went uh, brilliant, and I've got to thank you once again, um, not only yourself, but the BBC for inviting us to um, to come and do that show, because it, it was, I suppose, something unique for us to have three hours on radio, yeah. and um, obviously there was a good um, cross-selection of people mm. that we had on the show. We also had a non-alcoholic trustee, if you remember That's as well. That's right, yes. Yeah, we did. So... You know, it was. I think, but I think it was quite special how these things happen in your life. How we came to meet, you know, just mm. by chance. We walked you, into the building in different you, doors at the same time, the same moment, didn't we? But you was actually walking out of the, out <laughs> of the area, and you overheard me saying, yeah. "Is it possible to leave one of these posters to uh, yeah, to put up?" And then we struck up a conversation, and then the next thing yeah. we know, I think it was about another month or six six weeks down yeah. the line, we'd. Uh, would arrange the show. And we were it? on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> Bizarrely. Um, obviously, off, off the back of that, we wanted to make it a once-a-year thing uh, to mark Alcohol Awareness Month. But we couldn't last year because of a little thing called COVID that you might have heard of. Um, that will have had an impact, I'm guessing, on the way that Alcoholics Anonymous works. To be honest, it's in a lot of respects, it's had a very positive impact on, right. on AA. Um, as you know, we've... To begin with, we did some interviews with yourself rather than doing the um, the show. And thanks to yourself, we we managed to put those into podcasts, mm. and we've generated a lot of interest online by playing those um, on, on various formats. But the uh, but for AA itself, when um, lockdown in, happened initially, um, the fellowship kind of ground to a halt in the first week, and then all of a sudden. Yeah. Meetings started to pop up across the world, you know, on Zoom. And um today we can get into meetings all around the world, which has been um a game changer for Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah. Not only that, from a presentation angle, from an information giving angle, I've been able to give presentations to uh professional members of staff or students, not only in this locality, but I've had requests um, to do it across the country, and I've had other people be able to watch those presentations from other areas as well. So, Brilliant. obviously, we've had restrictions. You know, mm. meetings um, after um, a couple of months, we were allowed to have restrictions thanks to the government. 
Um, they permitted um, meetings to happen, which was great because yeah. people could still attend face-to-face, but people have had that choice. You know, you can still go to a face-to-face meeting now or if you don't think it's safe, mm. you can go online. And for those people that, for example, um, that care for children, those mm. people that are disabled, say if you work as a police officer and you don't want to be seen in a local meeting, yep. you can now go to a meeting in Los Angeles, you know. So there's yeah. there's been a big a lot of big advantages uh, thanks to COVID. I can see it kind of working, I can see it working both ways. Um, just let's define Alcoholics Anonymous, just, just briefly for people who don't know what it is, because talking about AA... I get common responses from some people. The first thing you get is, oh, yeah, it's that religious thing, isn't it? Uh, Second thing, you get people's recollections based on drama, TV, films, these very serious, ponderous rooms that people walk into. And it's not like that, is it? It's, It's completely different to that. To be honest, I had a lot of stereotypical views, you know, despite the fact that my granddad was sober prior to my birth mm-hmm. and he went to a meeting dressed in a suit. Yeah. He was the most placid member of my family and yet still before I walked into that AA meeting I thought it was full of down and outs and full of idiots yeah. and full of misery but once I walked into the room it was completely the opposite and you know even myself of having family in AA and I still had these stereotypical views of what AA is you know yeah um, it isn't religious it is spiritual yeah but some people believe in god and some people don't and some people might believe that they are god as well at the same time you know <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, luckily we don't have too many of those but um it's something something really special if i was to describe it to to anyone in a in a nutshell to simplify things it's a bit like uh, when I spoke yesterday, it's a bit like when the Titanic was sinking mm. and where the people in the lifeboat saving the people out of the water. And, um, it, you know, ultimately it's about t- talking therapy, you know, about yeah. one alcoholic speaking to another alcoholic or sharing our ex- what we call our experience, strength and hope. Uh, and from that, it can enlighten others to, 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 to either do likewise or it might be that... I hear a situation in a meeting that might not have happened to me, but then another month or a year down the line, it might be something that I come across and I've got the tools to deal with it. So, and you don't have to do anything in AA either. You're not, you're never forced to speak. You don't have to, you know, you can, you can, you can attend when you want. You don't need to sign up to anything. There's no commitments in that respect. So, um, yeah, you know, it's something really, really special to me. And that's why. Um, I do the public work, you know, to speak yeah. more about it and to to reduce that stigma around AA and Absolutely. also around the alcoholic. Yeah, to to put that help out there. You're 16 years sober. We, we've gone over your story before, and we'll chat to you a little bit later on about that. But you've brought six interesting people for our attention tonight, and we're we're about to meet the first two. And I have to say, I, I genuinely find this exciting because there's no script, there's no there's nothing, and the next two and a half hours are going to be really interesting and it might strike a chord with you if you're listening some of the descriptions some of the feelings that you hear you might think yeah that that's me or i feel like that or you might be having a glass of wine and you might look at it and think am i all right do i do i need to have this why am i having this you know check in with yourself and just say am i okay you know am i am i fine if people are listening there is a website, isn't there? There's the, the phone number of the help site, the, the website, that people can go on 
and just without any you know sign up or anything they can look at information can't they and they can get a feel for it there's there's an awful lot on the internet these days compared to when i came around in 2005 you know we've even got a chat now facility because of technology not everyone wants to pick up the phone and speak to someone else and admit the problem so now that you can go on our website look at the bottom right hand corner and a a chat now facility will come up that's open from 6 a.m till midnight Brilliant. So we've got that. People can email in. They can call us. They can just rock up at a meeting. Yeah. Um, th- there's many things that you can listen to on YouTube. For example, different people's uh, live stories being shared. Yeah. So we and obviously you know there's a Zoom meetings where you don't even have to have your camera on. No. You, you know can if you don't want to be seen in there anonymously, <laughs> you can sit in there anonymously and you can listen to the meeting. Yeah. And uh, so so yeah, we're blessed by technology. You Brilliant. know that's. Uh, effectively, how we came about was through the telephone, um, you know, and we still that is still a useful tool for us today yeah. because if we're struggling with an AA, you know, we say rather than pick up a drink, pick up the phone, and the, another mm. alcoholic will find that when they are struggling and they'll speak to another member, it could be within five or ten minutes that 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 craving that they may be suffering from has passed. You know, for anyone that's in early recovery all the support that we offer is for free, you know, that's the other mm. benefit as well, yeah. you know, so there's lots of benefits. Well, listen, grab yourself a pen and paper because we'll be giving the helpline details out throughout the evening, so make sure you've got uh, a bit of paper ready to set that down if it's of interest to you. We're going to meet our first two guests after this one. This is a cracking song. This is Joy Crooks and When You Were Mine on BBC Radio Lancashire. Was it love or nicotine that made us mellow on the 31st? It was honey paradise, just a pretty little lie, and it hit me when I saw you. Hand in hand, cold harbor line, never take it easy on the PDA. I don't miss you, least not that way, but someone better want me like that someday. Shoulder, smile with the bricks and shine. But you are that 
That's Joy Crooks on BBC Radio Lancashire. Well, it's your Lancashire, Gary, with you through until 10 o'clock. And tonight we're looking to take another in-depth look at Alcoholics Anonymous. And people, we're talking to some incredible people who uh, are in, in recovery. They've changed their life. The Alcoholics Anonymous system has worked for them. And they're here tonight to take that message and, and to give hope to people. And if, if you're struggling with drink, if you are, you know, wondering, if you're curious, if you don't know whether or not you're drinking too much, this this is the show for you. Have a listen to these people tonight and we're going to tell you how you can get help. We're going to meet two people in a moment. We're also going to give out the uh, website and the helpline number in case you fancy calling. Should you want to comment tonight, uh, if you want to send us a text about anything that you've heard, it, put links in front of your message and send it to 8133. That is going to cost you one standard text message to do so. Daniel is now going to open our kind of meeting of the airwaves in, in the time-honoured tradition that, that you do. Just explain what you're going to do, please, Daniel. So the AA preamble's read at the vast majority of um, AA meetings that take place, whether it be face-to-face or online. And basically, it's a, it's a reminder for us all in the room of who we are uh, and what we do as a fellowship. And um, if you don't mind, I'll I'll read that now. Please okay, do. so... Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of of people. Well, it's actually of men and women in this country. Sorry, I do. I'll start again. Alcoholics is Anonymous that? is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination politics, organisation or institution, does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics achieve sobriety. And I think essentially that last bit that I just said, you know, our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety is is the main reason why it is about. That's the the point of the demission, if you like, to... Offer that help and experience and support to people. Daniel, you'll join us in a little while. You'll come back. We'll talk to you later on. But I want you to meet our first guest. I want you to meet Jed. Jed's a member of AA. And we thank him for being here. Cheers, Jed. It's good to see you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Um, Let's talk about Jed. Let's talk about Jed's first drink. Do you have any recollection of picking up a drink for the first time? I don't. I'd have been quite young. Um, But what I do remember is that it had a a bit of magic for me, even pretty young, you know, like pre-teenage. And I remember the glitter and the lights around the bottles and it it always had a little magic. Yeah, that kind of enchanted sort of forbidden fruit almost in, in a way. That's right. Yeah. So you would have had a few drinks as you were growing up and... You know, how, how did your relationship with alcohol develop? Yeah, um, it was always important to me, simply. I mean, in those days, it was, you know, you could drink in the pub at 14, and, and we did that a lot. Um, and I just carried on for a, a long, time, long time after that, um, and, and a long upward slope, if you like, or downward slope. Um, right. So when did you realise that your drinking were perhaps different to anyone else's when, when did you realize that there might be a bit of an issue here <laughs> well it's funny you say it because actually 
Uh, I can remember one time when I was still at school and I had nobody to go out with on a Saturday night and I could taste a pint of Newcastle exhibition. Really? And, and I thought, and I felt really anxious. And I remember thinking, I must be some sort of alcoholic. But, you know, a good 20-odd years after that, only right. then did I start to see the, the real effects on my life. On, uh, so you'd had a bit of a, a bit of a clue, if you like, yeah. that you weren't like you know, your mates, perhaps, or... Yeah. What was the culture like? The lads that you knocked around with, uh, did they drink a lot? Were they, were they typical, you know, teens and 20s? You tend to yeah. have a few beers and... Typical teens and 20s, there weren't many drugs around in those days. I, mm. I probably would have loved it, if, but I didn't uh, see it. Mostly beer, mostly a pub. Yeah. I would take the old bottle home. And uh, and by my early 20s, I was, I was at uni, um and I suddenly discovered that it was actually quite a nice thing to take my mind off things, to bring a couple of bottles of wine home. Right. And that became a habit, presumably? Yeah. Yeah, yeah very much a habit. And um got gradually worse until, you know, I had a, an awful lot of time off sick and um, ended up in treatment centres. I actually nearly went bankrupt and, uh, you know, lost a lot of stuff. So okay. it was a pretty messy time quite a while ago. Well... You know, you've had a look back at the past to see how far you've come, and, and we'll talk to you about about the good stuff in a little while. But I want, I want to bring you know a second guest. I want to bring Jess. And how are you, Jess? You're right. Good, thank you. Right, thank you for being here tonight, and thank you for for you know joining this this program. What we're trying to do is, you know, beat the drum a little bit and encourage people to look at the relationship with drinking. We're not saying that drinking's wrong. We're just saying that some for some people, it's a bit too much. Yeah. And, I asked Jed about his first drink. What about yours? Would you remember your first drink? Um, probably not my very first taste of alcohol, but definitely the first time I had a drink where I was I got drunk. Um, right. And, you know, I was early high school years at house party. Yeah. Um, and I drank, I now know that I drank alcoholically from the first time I drank, um, right. even though at the time I would have had no idea. Um, no, this is interesting, isn't it? Because yeah. kids, kids are... You know, well known for sneaking a bottle of this, that, and the other, mm. and sneaking off around the back, and and you know, it's it's normalised almost, isn't it? In that it's it's part of being young, and it's almost expected. Yeah. In in society, it's look at them. The you tell people off, but really, it's the little monkeys, you know. And mm. is that a dangerous thing? Do you think that that we're not horrified? We think, look at that. Uh, well, I would say when I was young, there's almost like a, a rose-tinted spectacles effect, isn't there? You know? For me, personally, it was maybe dangerous because it allowed me to justify, you know, my behaviour when I was drinking and um, uh, how drunk I would get because especially later on going off to university, people yeah. drank a lot and that was kind of, it made it seem more acceptable. Yeah. Universities, well, non-university students, it's it's freshers week and that's a big long celebration and then you've got all them pressures with deadlines and so you, you yeah. what do you do to let off steam? You go out, you let your head down and, and mm. again, normalised it. it. And for the majority of people, that's fine and, mm. and people can do that. You talk about your behaviour there and obviously you were working out that this wasn't really for you. What what gave you that idea? What That drinking wasn't for me. Yeah. Um I don't think I realised that early, that early on that it wasn't for me, but I think the fact that most of my friends could remember what had happened on a night out and I couldn't at the right. at the next day 
was probably a bit of an alarm bell, but because that had always been my experience. Yeah. When I drank, I forgot things. You know, we call it a blackout in AA. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean that you fall asleep on the floor. Quite yeah. often, people are functioning in a blackout and having conversations, driving, you know, going places. Um, I didn't really understand that that wasn't everyone's experience with alcohol, that, you know, they didn't drink to that point every time. Um, mm. So it took me a while to realise that, you know, that wasn't quite normal. Right, and and what what made you realise that? Did you talk to people? Did you compare notes? There, there would have been a turning point, I guess. There would have been a yeah. I think obviously I was in quite a lot of denial about it at first when I used, people used to fill me in on what had happened in the night, yeah. and I'd, I wouldn't. It would kind of occur to me that they remembered and I didn't, but I could kind of brush that under the carpet. Um, but later on, when things started happening in blackouts that were probably more serious consequences, that's definitely when it started to dawn on me. Well, I want to talk to yourself and to Jed about those moments, about about what put you on the road to sobriety, to, to recovery. Mm. And we'll do that after this one. This is Teo Cruz on BBC Radio Lancashire, and it's Break Your Heart. It's uh, our Alcoholics Anonymous meeting of the airwaves tonight on BBC Radio Lancashire.
back on BBC One. Let's do this. Corrie and EastEnders favourites go on first dates. Janine, I've come from London. Celebrities sign up for I Can See Your Voice. He looks like a singer. Graham Norton has a red chair special. Children decide who walks and who gets flipped on the big red chair. And there's music from Tom Grennan and Ed Sheeran. Thanks for having me. BBC Children in Need. Together, we can change young lives. Tomorrow night at 7 on BBC One and iPlayer. Your Lancashire with Gary Scott. BBC Radio Lancashire. And tonight we're looking at the work of our colleagues, Anonymous, and I'm in a, a sort of meeting over the years to give you a flavour of, of some people's stories. Six individual people, six brand new people uh, have come along to share the story with us. People like Jed, who found the allure of the drink, that sort of enchantment, the sort of way that drink teases you in and then you know he, he found that he was a little more thirsty shall we say for, for want of a better word than he's than his friends and you would have come to a, a turning point a fork in the road i'm guessing jed uh, it's either carry on as i am or do i want to go down that road can, can you talk to us about that yeah, I mean, really, what happened with me was is the realization that I could I couldn't stop, and this is the thing that really hurts and and kills some people is that you go on, you go on a binge, mm. and you you wake up and you feel dreadful, and the, the only thing that feels like it's going to make that better at the time is another drink, and that's the cycle that really does people in, and I could not get off that cycle, even though you know that having that drink is going to, as you said, set, set the circus off again. Yeah. You know, you, you're going to carry on. The, the facts didn't never played in it at all. I, I strongly believe recovery is quite a lot in the in the heart. Right. And it helps for me that the Alcoholics Anonymous is a spiritual fellowship to some extent. Because mm. mm. it is in the heart. The facts didn't work. I'm a, you know, I'm an analyst. I can write the facts down as much as I like. It didn't yeah. make any bloody difference. We strive, we, you know, when, when people think of drugs... The typical thing is, oh, part bench or a, a, a down and out or, um, you know, a bottle of wine in a paper bag. And yet all of the people that I've met and I've spoken to, I've had the privilege of speaking to a lot of people um, on this subject, have all been intelligent, erudite people who, you know, sensible, intelligent, clued up, as you say, you're a man who deals with facts so what, why, why doesn't why don't those facts compute? That that's what fascinates me, you know. Because it's the thing in the mind. It's a, um, we'll say in the big book, it's a it's a physical addiction and it's an emotional, mental addiction as well. Yeah, and, and it grabs you, and that's why it's a, a killer, and it makes a lot of misery. Apart from the, you know, it made my life miserable. It made me very paranoid. Right. Um. So, you get to that fork in the road. And you think, I don't want this anymore. I, I want to do something about it. So how did your journey start to into recover? Well, actually, um, the company I was working for paid for me to go into a rehab down in London, a uh, treatment centre. Um, and at quite a lot of treatment centres, they will send you out to AA meetings. And I was put in a minibus along with some other people mm -hmm. and uh, sent to a meeting in uh, in West London. And it was a massive meeting and I didn't like it very much. Um, well, overwhelming. What, overwhelming, why? yeah, and I, know, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, and that really matters to me now because it's 
it's such an important thing to go to your first meeting. Lots yeah. and lots of people go to their first meeting and never drink it, never drink again. And um, for me, it took longer. It took um, a couple of years of, of going and trying. Mm. But it's always there. AA is always there. You can always go back. And it saved me. One thing in common um, that, that people say is that sometimes not everybody gets it right first time. Not everybody stops the drinking, the, the problem drinking, first time around, and you fall off the horse. And when you go back, when you decide to try again, there's no judgment, there's no, um, do you know what I mean? There's no stigma to it. It's like you're back and you're you and you're again, and it's hardly remote, on. It's absolutely true. I mean, you're treated with the utmost kindness and respect um, because we've all been there. Mm. You know, so if we see somebody new walk through the door and they're looking pretty uncomfortable and often a little bit concerned, scared, then we've been there. We've been in our first meetings and we've been in our 10th meetings. And I imagine it's a big step to walk through that door for the first time because to, to get to that point, you've had to admit that I've got a problem. And that's a difficult thing for people to do, isn't it? It's to actually say, I've got an issue. It's easier to bury it, to hide, whatever that issue might be. Nobody really likes looking in the mirror and saying, hey, you, you've got a problem. That's a brave thing to do, isn't it? It's a very brave step to do. Um, we try and help and make it as easy as possible. I mean, if you, if you speak to AA by the methods Daniel talked about, then very often they'll, they'll offer to, um, somebody to come out and meet you. Maybe a couple of people come out and meet you and, and take you along to a meeting. And you just got to remember they, you know, they were you. It's a fellowship in the, the best sense of the word, Dan. I mean, Jess is with us as well. Um, Jed's story, your story, they'll be different. But are you hearing echoes of your own story in Jed's words? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the most important thing for me, because I, when I came into AIR, I was... Uh, 23 years old and I looked around the room and a lot of people were older than me and yeah. uh, immediately that can be a barrier can't it to say yeah you know I don't identify with these people but what I always identify with absolutely any alcoholic is what happens to them when they put alcohol inside themselves which is different to non-alcoholic people yeah um you know we call it an allergy in AA it's or an abnormal reaction basically meaning when I start drinking I can't stop. <laughs> I crave more alcohol. Whereas oh. someone who's not alcoholic will have a drink, maybe have a couple of drinks, know when they've had enough, and yeah. you know, put it down and put the kettle on and make a cup of tea or something. I, I liken it to because um, I, I drink, and I liken it to having a light switch. I've got a little switch, and when I've had enough to drink, the switch goes off. You know. Now and again, I'll drink too. You know, I'll hang over whatever it might be. You know, I'm not saying goody goody t shoes here, Johnny Smart Pants, but um, the switch goes off mm. because I've had enough now. You know what? I'm not going to open another one. That that's me done. It's like some people. It's like that switch is broken or not even there. Yeah. If you know what I mean, and, and that's that must have been tough to realise at 23. Yeah, definitely, and um, I think partly because. It's one thing knowing that that switch is there and yeah. it's another thing um, not actually being capable of switching it off, if this makes sense, which yeah, is yeah. why Jed yeah. spoke about it being physical as well as mental. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 
someone telling me that I'm alcoholic and when I start drinking, I can't stop. If that was enough to stop me drinking, it would have been quite straightforward. You know, I would just never pick up a drink again. Yeah. Um, I, have, I have an allergy to penicillin, so I know if the doctor tries to prescribe me some, I say, no, I can't take that because yeah. I have a bad reaction. It's not good for you, you can't. Yeah, yeah, but when the doctor told me that, you know, alcohol is does not agree with you, mentally I have this block <laughs> which stops me from being able to say okay I won't have any then you know I, my mind takes me back to drinking yeah um and that's why you know we have a 12-step program rather yeah. than a one-step program which would just be don't, don't have a drink then just don't have a drink then um, but it's, it's commonly what people say to you when when they hear that you're struggling and they don't understand alcoholism yeah why don't you just not drink does that irritate does it infuriate you do you kind of understand it from their point of view oh it, do- it doesn't irritate me at all because right. it just it it says to me that they have a different experience with alcohol than I do. They can just not have a drink if they don't want to. Yeah, they, they have the ability to, to choose, Yeah, I suppose, exactly. is what you're saying. Well, if this is making sense to you, if if you're listening at home and you're thinking, yeah, I'm a bit concerned about my drink or, or you want information, um, if you're concerned about your drinking, if you're just curious, if you want some facts, you can visit the website. It's alcoholics-anonymous dot org dot uk that's alcoholics hyphen anonymous dot org dot uk there is an advice line as well 0800 917 7650 that's 0800 917 7650 on the website there's lots of information lots to read uh, a chat facility which st daniel said uh, runs until midnight as well so no time like the present while you're listening have a browse, have a, you know, have, have a, a little look on there and feel free. You can do it all anonymously. You don't have to sign up for anything. There's no, no big issue doing that. So, Jess, you walk into this room, you're 23, and it's full of people generally older than you. What goes through your mind? Um, I guess any excuse to not want to be in Alcoholics Anonymous, not want to be an alcoholic. Okay. You'll look for it, you know, I'm not like these people, I'm not as old as them, I didn't drink for as long as them, or, you know, my story's different. So I think it's part of what I suffer with, it'll try and tell me that I don't need to be here, I've not got a problem, and yeah, I should just leave. Um, Did you leave or did you stick with it? I stayed, Um, and like I say, the the reason I stayed is because when people started speaking, not just about what happened to them when they drank, but about how their minds work, and how what happens you know how their mind always takes them back to a drink no matter how often they've sworn not to um i couldn't help but identify with that so you realize that actually you've more in common with these people than you thought you had by sheer dint of age you know Mm. and it it made sense is that fair to say yeah and they always say to people that come in new you know look for the similarities and not the differences and so you know and i couldn't help but see so many similarities in what I was suffering with um, and then they offered a solution so all the other things I tried to drink less or stop drinking hadn't worked Yeah. and these people were here saying they had a solution they had the same problem as me they had a solution and they could show me how to do it um, it, it was definitely something that kept me going back so you thought you'd give it a whirl and I'm, I'm going to ask the pair of you both, both yourself Jess and Jed um, how long it's been basically since You've had a drink and how your recovery journey is going. And we'll do that after this one. This is Mabel on BBC Radio Lancashire. And let them know. Yo. 
shine like Christmas. Heels on six inches. Waist inch, smooth, glad fit. You can't have this, you can't hit this. I got a new man in my business. And he all about his business. And his name ain't none of your business. Oh, oh, oh. up girl on that poster. Say so like I'm Doja. Icy, wifey, body shape, Coca-Cola. I got a new man in my business. And he all about his business. And his name ain't none of your business. Oh, oh, oh. Join us this weekend where we've commentaries from the Championship plus a Lancashire derby between Fleetwood Town and Morecambe. Chance for Reese in a wide position to drive it oh, and drives it into the net. Played across, brilliant goal. What a brilliant goal from Blackburn Rovers. Your home for live Lancashire football. Danny Andrew drills it through the wall and it nestles in the far corner. Stockton Volley, Stockton goal! Match day live this weekend from two. BBC Radio Lancashire. It is. It's BBC Radio Lancashire. We'll take very good care of you sport-wise over the weekend. Plenty of action. Now the international break is over and we've got plenty of teams. We've got one or two tasty matches coming to you. Tonight it's all about Alcoholics Anonymous and we're talking to six people tonight. At the moment we're in conversation with Jed and with Jess. Uh, text has come in. Uh, can't thank AA and the fellas there enough. Zoom has been brilliant for me. No comments, no issues. Fellow people who just want to help and discuss their issues. Not down and outs, just people who have struggled. And that's coming uh, from Bolton, lad. Is that, is that a pretty fair assessment, Jed? Very much so, I think, yeah. I mean, it's all walks of life, but nobody's got an axe to grind. You know, nobody wants to go and sit in a, a church hall and have a cup of tea and a biscuit. If they're, mm. they're, they're there for a reason, because it's it's life to many people. And it's it's good to see people get better, other people get better. Yeah. I suppose it's like a team thing, isn't it? When when one of you's doing well, you're all doing well, in a yeah. Yeah. manner of speaking. So here's Jed, the man who deals in facts and who sort of knew 
this ain't right. And came to that fork in the road, fell off the horse a couple of times, but then achieved sobriety. When's into recovery? How long ago is it since you've had a drink? It's just over 12 years now. That's incredible. That is amazing. Are you ever tempted? Not in the least. And this is the Brilliant. funny thing about it, since I kind of, when you reach the point when you stop, I just never think about it and never wanted it. But every time before that, when tempted, I just said yes. So it's like a complete change for me. It isn't like that for everybody. Some people are more mm. gradual, but no. And what what's changed in that 12 years? What, what has being in recovery done for you? It's a complete life change. I mean, to be to be honest, I think it saved my life, really physically. But everything's different. It's like you you haven't um, you almost start a little bit more growing up, and the world opens out to you because you're not feeling paranoid, mm. you're not feeling ill half the time, you're not wondering where your next drink's going to come from or what you did last night. The world opens up, and you realise it's not so much to be scared of you know i was scared of being bored if i didn't drink yeah and i have not been bored i <laughs> certainly haven't been bored uh, <laughs> and it's an absolute joy it's a different world and it's so worth doing that that is smashing i mean that that you know you, you wonder if it'll be a struggle and, and yet you, you seem to have gone from strength to strength and it, it's been the makings of you in in some respects you know, what about social pressures? What about how do you learn to deal with, I don't know, family dues or because we 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 use alcohol to commemorate, to celebrate. To, oh, it's it's my birthday, it's Christmas, whatever it might be. You know, how do you deal with, with those social situations like that? I really don't find it a, a problem. I'm, my family and friends saw my my alcoholism anyway so anything oh. that i did after was a great relief but i mean things times have changed you know when i was drinking as a teenager there weren't places where you could, a good fun bar you could go in and just sit and have a coffee yeah it just didn't happen but it's it's there's so much less stigma now about being in a bar and not drinking or being at a party and not drinking so that's great that's what it needed that probably needed to happen didn't it yeah. that, that kind of thing i know there's dry boys now as well, specifically where, where they don't serve alcohol and, and what I've ever been to one in Liverpool a few years ago for a project I was on. And to all intents and purposes, it were a pub and everybody were having fun and dancing and, and I'd seen the maggot and there were just no alcohol in the place. But you wouldn't have known when you walked in, you just wouldn't have, you wouldn't have realised that because it was just a great party atmosphere and a brilliant social scene and people were laughing and having drinks and, and what have you and mocktails and all the rest of it there were just nothing alcoholic and and that's that that's cool you know that the, there is that sort of facility let's bring jess in um what about yourself jess how long since you touched the drink it's been just over six and a half years that is amazing and again what about the difference how how, how different what, how, what's changed in recovery um, i'd say Externally, a lot's changed. Um, you know, I got married, had a baby, became employable again. Um, but more importantly for me is um, internally what's changed in me. Um, a bit of peace between my ears, um, knowing how to ask for help, um, having that support network around me of AA 
that when I'm struggling, I can speak to someone, know that they're not going to judge me, yeah. know that they're not going to tell me what to do. They'll just listen, maybe give some suggestions. Um, and to have this, the program, the 12 step program of AA, which, you know, for anyone listening, he doesn't understand it. It's, it's just a, a guidebook for recovery, I'd say. Um, mm. And if you want to know more, come along and listen. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, having that program, I can apply it to any any problem in my life. It's not just, it's not about alcohol. It's about, um, you know, what, what is within me that's struggling that mm. may have led me to drink or may have led me to any problem that I'm having. Um, I can use that program to kind of work through anything, um, which is amazing because all I used to do was, work through anything by having a drink yeah, <laughs> and, it, and it didn't go too well so you you made a comment there uh you became employable again mm. uh, is that the sort of effect it was having on your life you couldn't hold down a job yeah absolutely I couldn't hold down a job um yeah I, I you know before I came into recovery I wasn't working I wasn't um seeing friends I wasn't exercising you know I was uh waking up in the morning and all I could think about was what am I going to drink today? Where am I going to get the drink from? Where am I going to get the money for it? You know, I didn't have any headspace for anything else. Um, and, you know, physically I wasn't up to it because, yeah. uh, you know, alcohol can make someone who's drinking as, as much as I was really poorly. Yeah. When you look back at that Jess, mm -hmm. if you like, that, that bro broken person, mm. is that fair? Yeah. <laughs> Do you... Do you do you pine for what might have been, or do you be thankful that, well, at a relatively early age, I realised I put the brakes on, and you know you still got you know please you got a good a good long life in front of you. Yeah. Um, no, I don't. I don't have any regrets, and I, I do have regrets of things that happened, but I don't have any regrets of um, being alcoholic. If that makes sense, yeah, I'm, I'm almost yeah. glad because it's given me recovery, and that's given me a direction for life yeah and again as 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 we Jed been the makings of you married little how old's the little one she's nearly eight months ah, yeah oh, that awkward age where <laughs> is, is she sleeping through no who's <laughs> <laughs> looking after it dad's looking yeah. after it. wonderful that's all right daddy duties we'll talk about music in a bit because i've asked each person to choose a song um that's important to them or that they like or or um, that's special meaning for them. And Jed has chosen a song by Amy Lou Harris, Sweet Old World. What's behind that? What's the story behind that, Jed? I was, it was around, I was playing it when I, when I got sober and it just brings back that, the world opening up, slightly confused, slightly scared, but dead excited. Um, and I love the t I've always loved the, t the tune, and uh, yeah. it just it brings back that time. It was a magical time. Well, we're going to play the song in a minute, but if someone's listening, wondering, is is this for me? Perhaps they're at that stage, at that fork in the road, you know, and they're perhaps wondering, I don't want to carry on like this, but am I brave enough to go down that route and and get help? What, what would your message be? You'll never come to harm by doing it. Give it a go. There's all sorts of people. There's all sorts of ways to do it. And it could, it's almost certainly, if you have a problem with alcohol, it's the best thing you could do. And life, life will be so different. You can't imagine what it would be like. That's my experience. 
there you go spoken like a true person in recovery and that's 12 years standing which is pretty incredible this is jed's choice of song this is emmy lou harris and sweet old world
Semi Lou Harris, Sweet Old World on BBC Radio Lancashire, where it's your Lancashire with Gary through until 10 o'clock. No news tonight, we're, we're not doing the 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock news bulletins, so, um, you know, there we are. We're, we're chatting to people, and I think what people have to say tonight is a little bit more interesting than the headline news. I'm sure there's other ways you can get it, but apologies if you're waiting for the news, there isn't going to be any. Sorry about that. Um, we've been talking to Jed and talking to Jess about their recovery journey and with six is it six and a half years did you say Jess yeah. under your belt yeah feeling good it's been the makings of you again there will be people because you and Jed have in common the alcoholism but your stories are completely different you know what I mean you're, you're from different walks of life different life experiences different ages and, and so on it's fair to say so there might be a young a young Jess now who's thinking, I'm sick of waking up hungover. I'm sick of not knowing, you know, being made a fool of because I didn't know what happened last night and all the rest of it. But they might have that anxiety as you did when you walked in your first meeting and thought, whoa, there's quite a few older people here. Is this for me? So talk talk to young Jess. Talk, talk to them now if they're listening and they're thinking, is this for me? What would I get out of it? Yeah. Um, if, if, you, if you have a problem with alcohol and you want a solution, it is for you. Um, but also that, you know, my experience of walking in a room where there was older people than me, it's not actually what all AA meetings are like. There's plenty of young people around. Yeah. Uh, we have a young person's online meeting now. Um, any Anyone's welcome, but we always have a person who starts the meeting who came into AA before the age of 30. So yeah. if you're looking for somewhere where you can maybe identify with younger people, um, go on the website and search for a young person's meeting, I'd say. And that is a doorway to, to uh, a doorway in, if yeah. you like. And then mm. once you get the habit, you're laughing. Well, if you're anything like yourself and Jed. That website is alcoholics-anonymous.org.uk. And the helpline is 0800 917 That's alcoholics-anonymous.org.uk. And that phone line, 0800. So it's a free call. It's 917. It's 7650. Give them a call. Go on the website. What harm? What harm could it do? Just to have a look and to understand a little more. Jess, again, we've asked you to choose a piece of music, and uh, you've chosen one of my favourites. Actually, Florence and the Machines version of "You Got the Love." What's the story behind that? Um, I think because this is a spiritual program, it talks to me about uh, a higher power. You yeah. know, someone that always gets you through. Um, but also, 
I picked it for my husband because um, it was our <laughs> first dance song at our wedding. Um, so yeah, this is for him as well. That is a fine first dance <laughs> song. Is that I said quite because it gets quite funky, doesn't it? Did you bust some moves? We did. Oh, <laughs> nothing wrong with alcohol-free moves as well. Yeah. You don't need a drink to dance, <laughs> exactly. do you? That's the thing. Well, this is Jesse's choice. Uh, this is you got the love, Florence and the machine. Thank you both for being here, Jed and Jess. And we've got two new people to introduce you to right after this. Sometimes I feel like throw my hands up in the air. I know I can count on you. Sometimes I feel like saying, Lord, I just don't care. But you got the love I need to see me through. Sometimes it seems the going is just too See me through. You got the love. 